The Next to Nothing podcast is brought to you in part by our partnership with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is your one-stop shop for everything geek. Find discounted books, new and old games, and a variety of software. A portion of all purchases from Humble Bundle go to supporting a charity of your choice, like the American Red Cross, St. Jude's, Save the Children, and more. With $145 million raised so far, Humble Bundle is a great place to buy your games and help save the world. Use our affiliate link in the description of this podcast, and a portion of your purchase will not only go to a charity, but also help support the show. Visit HumbleBundle.com for more details. Um, but yeah. Hi, friend. Hi. Are we ready to start? Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally down. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Everything's good. No, it's good. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming. I am your host, Danny Kay. With me, as always, my co-host, the handsome and wonderful Ren. Hi, I'm Ren. I'm bad at games and stuff. I, I do things. What's happening, guys? Hope you're incredible. And uh, with us this week, we have Marcus and Frackbox, which uh, we just met. So, excuse me. What's your first name again, Frackbox? Uh... Yeah, but my, <laughs> is it Joshua? My name is Joshua. Joshua, it, got dude. it. Oh my god, I'm a hero. We have Marcus. We have Marcus and Joshua from the Gamer Fuel Studios Network joining us this week. Welcome, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Hey, yeah, thanks for being here. Hell yeah, thank you very much. Um, so before we get started, uh, do a quick little plug. What are you guys doing over there at the Gamer Fuel Studios? Where can people find it? Uh, and all that good stuff. Well, first off, we have a special announcement. The network has officially bought the Next to Nothing podcast. Uh, fortunately <laughs> for all of you, we will leave the fine folks here uh, and let them do their thing. But, you know, we're there just going to... Just a small amount of downsizing. <laughs> oh, we, we, bought them, we bought them GameStop style for five bucks, uh, one penny per share. So... Um, <laughs> lies. Total lies. Lies and scoundrels, oh, I tell you. <laughs> I told you I'd do something surprising. Um, <laughs> oh God, where do we begin? Um, so we uh, we are or Joshua keeps saying I'm not a games journalist at this point. Just just a am I am I a journalist now? You're journalist material. Okay, cool. <laughs> so um, I have been doing games journalism for about the past ten years. Uh, mm. I've had Gamer Fuel Studios for that time, uh, you know, trying to make my own way. I never freelanced. I never did anything for like major outlets or even minor outlets or anything. I just did my own thing, making my mm -hmm. own website and that kind of thing. And I picked it up, I dropped it, picked it up, dropped it, that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, this is back when I was 19, 2009, when podcasting wasn't really conducive for somebody of my age. You couldn't just get a laptop and, uh, and a mic and stuff and go. There were, really wasn't the platforms for it. The social media structure wasn't there and that kind of thing. So it's no wonder I, uh, I couldn't get off the ground. And then recently in the past year, I'm like, I really want to do it again. Uh, and so I'm like, I need a team. Mm -hmm. Originally, I had uh, a friend of mine, Damien. And uh, after about seven episodes, he's like, I just can't do it. And uh, uh, funny enough, Joshua, like after uh, Damien said that, Joshua was like, uh, hey, I now have Sundays off because I talked to him about coming on the show before. And then we have a, uh, a in-development. Uh, indie game dev, uh, Tony Costa, and he's also a IT engineer. We have Richard Curtin, who hasn't been on the show yet. He's kind of more, you know, in the backdrop, and he's another uh, tech we've got. And then we've got Jason Smith, who 
we haven't really figured out his purpose yet. We, he's a he's our D and D guy. That's not very nice. <laughs> By the way, Joshua, tell Jason I miss him. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, you, you tell him that I miss him too. <laughs> <Good> okay. okay. <laughs> he wasn't on the on the show uh, Sunday, unfortunately. It was Easter. God, that annoyed me. Oh, oh man. Well, awesome. Uh, glad to have you guys here. Where can uh, people find you guys? Are you guys on this on the standard podcast platforms, uh, Twitter handles, all that good stuff real quick? We finally got approved for iTunes. Yes, it took two months. <laughs> oh, dear God, it took two months. Um, but yeah, we're, we're on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, we're still working on YouTube. Uh, awesome. Have you? Yeah, I just I just got to sit down with you and actually have you do it because I've been right, on right, YouTube yeah, yeah. for like two years. Yeah, so. we're, we're still we're still building. There's a lot to do and stuff, but uh, uh, we're again we're basically we basically are games journalists. We report uh, our opinions and such uh, on what's going on in the industry right now, uh, and we also do uh, some tabletop stuff. You know, we're Magic the Iron players. We like D and D that kind of thing, so we kind of blend that in there uh, as well. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right on, awesome. Oh, and you can find us on. Uh, Twitter at GamerFuelN. That's our network Twitter. And uh, you can find our page on Facebook uh, under GamerFuel Studios Network. Uh, you'll you'll see a group. We don't use the group because I took over a group and it was kind of already dead to begin with. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get it going. So we'll, we'll work on it. Eventually yeah. down the road. But like you said in the, in our episode, uh, Facebook's not necessarily conducive for. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst <laughs> place to try to grow something. Absolutely the worst. I've uh, actively avoided Facebook for that, per- uh, in terms of growth for my channel and the podcast specifically because it's just so bad for it. Um, yeah, we're awesome. almost putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we got a whole hell of a lot of things to talk about here. And when I was, yeah. uh, we're originally kind of farming some ideas out. Uh, you mentioned you've been playing a whole hell of a lot of the Division Two. Oh um, God, where do I begin? <laughs> yeah, it's a game. I I didn't play Division One. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really pay attention too much to Division Two, but it seems to be getting a lot of good reviews. At least better than what Division One what initially got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I what are you I've about played. That, oh. Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I played Division One personally. I actually didn't really like it, but I've heard amazing things about Division Two so far. I, I haven't heard anybody that's particularly been oh, like, God. this is horrible, anything like that. Mm. It's been like almost only good things. So, yeah, that's my experience with it so far. <laughs> so would you say um, would you say you fall in line with the typical reviews of Division Two right now, uh, Marcus? Or Oh, oh definitely. Uh, it's really funny because I had a good feeling that, you know, we've had this horrible trend for a long time of broken, unfinished, unworking games at launch. And it's not necessarily on the fault of the developer. All kinds of things can go wrong at the last minute that you're just not prepared for. But mm-hmm. with Division 2, I just felt this is it. This is going to be the title that breaks that trend. And sure enough, I mean, we I know there's people have complained about bugs and glitches and stuff, but it's not an anthem. It's not a Fallout 76. It's not a uh, a Red Dead Redemption uh, kind of thing. It is. Mm-hmm. It's an amazingly solid game. Hmm. Right on. Um, because Division Two, it's a looter shooter, kind of done. It's done in the third person perspective. What? Because that I'm thinking back, and I can't remember what the specific criticisms or complaints were for Division for the OG Division. Mm-hmm. What right, was? Right. 
wrong with that initially? Was it just bugs and glitches and things didn't feel right? Or was it like a whole different set of issues? Was it like so paid win or? You had this beautiful, gorgeous game that mm -hmm. basically you, you didn't really do much in. There wasn't a whole lot of content. And the leveling system was very poor because there were, I honestly, I never even finished the main, the main uh, uh, quest line or mission line or whatever you want to call it. Because we, uh, you had obviously, you had a couple of uh, different types of side quests, but they weren't really that interesting. It was kind of a grind in order to get mm -hmm. to the next uh, main mission. Mm -hmm. And the bump, the level bump for each main mission was so ungodly that it's like this isn't fun when I have to to, to level grind up to uh, up to whatever, and Dark Zone didn't have much either, so it's just again it was a absolutely gorgeous game, but not really not really much to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so, would you uh, say that's <clears throat> did Division Two change that out the gate then? Oh oh yeah yeah um I mean I've got my notes here like there's. Uh, God, where do I start? Location and map design. Uh, mm -hmm. The fact that, like, the, the first one was, it was, again, very pretty, but uh, you couldn't tell where different parts of the map, you know? It's like, am I on the north side? Am I on the south side? Uh, whatever. Versus mm -hmm. uh, Division 2, where you clearly know which part of the map you're on, based on just looking uh at different landmarks and such mm -hmm. uh the the enemy design is incredible uh again the first one had it had factions but aside from the cleaners i don't really think they were that distinguishable versus this where you know what the hyenas are you know what the outcasts are you know what the each of them plays dynamically different it has different uh like uh if i remember the outcasts are really into fire Oh dear God, mm. they're really in a fire. They've got suicider guys. Mm. Uh, the hyenas have like remote control cars and and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, the weapons and specializations are incredible in this game. Um, the leveling is awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, you've been talking about it just constantly for the past, uh, for just <laughs> months and a half. It's just, mm. it, it's every single time that I've been talking to him, he just like, hey, Division two, it's super awesome. And he just goes on this whole thing of just division two, division two, division two. And I'm like, okay, like I'll get it when I, you know, what is it, sixty dollars or something? Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's really worth it. Uh uh hmm. Ubisoft well, roadmap for Ubisoft is like everything's free. All of our content is free down the road. Mm -hmm. And they've already released Tidal Basin. Uh a lot you can uh actually get a lot of uh a lot more details uh of what we've been uh talking about on it. Uh, in a in the last episode we did, um, there's some things that I've just absolutely raged about. Like the cover system is, um, oh god, the cover system. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> so, love those chest high walls, yo. What chest high walls? Oh yeah, yeah. So what I found is it's one of those situations where the cover system in the game is absolutely amazing. When you're focused on it, it mm -hmm. goes horribly against you when you're not focusing on. It. So like when you're freaking out. And yeah. you're like, oh my god, I need to get away. And it's like you're trying to double tap A to dodge, or you know, you're trying to pet, and you latch onto a wall and like facing him, <laughs> it's like, no. Oh my god. I, I partic I yeah. I run a skill 
uh, one of the hive variations, which revives mm. you. One of my friends uh, told me about this. So we all run it now because mm. it basically gives you a re free revive every like two to three minutes or whatever. And then uh, like right now I'm going for an explosive build. So like seeker mines uh, with the, the cluster, uh, the cluster seeker mines. So it seeks out different people and there's explosions across the map. Uh, I'm currently trying to grind for, cause I'm, uh, I'm in Endgame. I'm in World Tier 4. Uh, I'm literally, for people uh, that know what I'm talking about, I'm literally one gear score point away from 425 to get into Tidal Basin. And I'm just grinding for gear to just get that one <laughs> freaking point. And I'm like, what is going on? Oh, man. Uh, so I'm so close. I'm World Tier 4. I'm very close to uh, getting to go into Tidal Basin, go into World Tier 5. And I'm actually currently kind of grinding for the... Uh, uh, the exotic, uh, what is it? It's the Merciless one. They said it's really good for explosive builds. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an Elder Scrolls player, and I know that fire builds are basically like the easiest to build and the most effective. And I think that's kind of like what the explosive build for Division 2 is going to be. It's going to be pretty easy to build. And because uh, your main weapon is essentially your LMG. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you learn how to how to focus that LMG on enemies, oh my god, it's fun. I was actually talking... Uh, <laughs> about because my wife plays with me um mm. and the great the great thing about you know xbox games is you can if you share accounts you can share games so a lot of the times that's what we do is or it's like division i said okay babe she loves okay she loves gta right i'm like babe this is gta on steroids without cars is essentially what it is and <laughs> she actually loves it and she's actually pretty good at it and she's normally not good at shooters so I was going back into her world and she was like 17 at the time. She's now like 21 and <clears throat> uh, level, not age. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there might be some confusion. It's like, uh, you may uh, want to elaborate hmm. how old your wife is. <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going back into helping her. And uh, you figure I'm, I'm in world tier. So my, the enemies in my world are just so much, so much harder to deal with. But I get into her world. And I look at the enemies and I kill them. And it's like public execution, which is one of the, the cool thing about the, the game is versus the first one, there's so much to do. There's so much mm. little side quests and side things. Like one of the uh, in-world things you can come across is a public execution. First time I came across this, I just got slaughtered because some of these things, they just keep spawning waves of enemies, waves and waves and waves. And that's what mm -hmm. this was doing. And I'm like, I just can't. And then we come across a public execution and I'm murdering everything. I'm, yes, my vengeance has come. <laughs> and I'm just pissing bullets on all of these guys. It's just so much fun. Um, I played the dark zone a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it does seem kind of empty right now. Yeah, I actually and was going to ask about that because I know that in the original Division 1, there was a lot of issues with the Dark Zone. And I was kind of curious how they like managed to deal with that personally. So obviously I haven't fully dived into the game. And Dark mm -hmm. Zone is one of those things because I'm not a big PvP player because it's like there's always going to be that group of people that knows way more about uh, <laughs> going, going meta than me. Yeah, I hate the meta. That's why I hated playing uh, like PvP and uh, and end game stuff uh, in Elder Scrolls. Is you get the freaking meta jocks that just make fun of you if you're not running the specific setup. I'm like, I just it's a game, dude. I just want to play the game, man. <laughs> so, um, but, well, some people get more enjoyment out of beating everybody else in the game. That's true, <laughs> and we call those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, but no, the Dark Zone is it's not bad. It's a mm. lot better than the first one. There's three Dark Zones. They have no uh no real distinction. Like there's not like, oh, you go into this dark zone for this specific reason or that. It's just different location, different mm-hmm. uh because I still haven't I'm only in the first section of the dark zone. You can unlock all three right areas right off the bat. I just haven't done the recon missions from I haven't bothered. But I went in recently in World Tier uh as World Tier Three. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a big mistake. <laughs> I need to go in with friends because usually you find just that one guy uh and that even if it's just one guy it's just not enough to take him down mm-hmm. so and he's always he's always got better gear than you and uh but when i played around the first time the maps are always so empty so it was actually kind of fun running around with uh uh with my friend uh and we're always we're always have that fear like oh god is there gonna be somebody coming up to kink us <laughs> so, so i actually haven't played the division or the division two is it kind of like destiny like a little bit i haven't played destiny so i okay. can't uh, that. so that's i mean that in the same looter flat. shooter okay. aspect sort of mm. um i i found uh division to be a lot more i, I don't necessarily want to say like realistic i mean obviously that's kind of the comparison that a lot of people are probably gonna make because it's obviously people versus like you know, robot. Yeah, exactly. But um, right, right. I don't know. There, there definitely is a difference in between that. But the difference isn't like super severe. I feel like people that like Destiny probably won't really mind Division at all. They'll probably be like, yeah, no, this is fun, too. I don't know. I, I didn't really care for either. <laughs> for my personal experience, I wasn't a big fan of Division 1 or Destiny 2 super much. Um. And there was some, like, issues that I was actually going to ask some questions on. So, in Division 1, I only found this out because I streamed it when I first played it. And uh, I had a bunch of friends join me, and they've played the game before, and they had, like, a lot of experience in the game. And the way that they did enemy scaling when you had other people playing with you was, like, the most unbalanced thing I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. I went in with, like, a friend that's, like, level, like, I, I can't even remember. He was, like, a decently high level, and I'm, like, brand new. And it's like, okay, and then they balanced it to him, and then five levels above him. And I was just like, I can't do anything. I turn a corner and I'm just dead. Like, some random <laughs> dude with a pistol's like, suck, you're dead. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And he's struggling, and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I'm just here. Um, how's the, how the multiplayer balancing for that? Like, when you're playing with a group of friends or something like that? So it's funny you... Uh you mentioned that uh uh my friend uh josh not the one across from me right now but a different josh Mm -hmm. uh he actually was like oh well let's level your wife up let's do this one mission and we're gonna do it and we start on challenging because you can go back back and replay missions and they you can do difficulty hard or was it story story easy hard challenging i think is how it goes and he Mm -hmm. went on challenging because it's like oh we could breeze this we have four of us and we could just no that was a horrible idea. <laughs> so apparently how it works is because uh, somebody, I think Josh said, oh, it's like Borderlands, where the more people you have, the harder it scales. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what how what players, what level or what. But it is nice how they scale it. So like just not that she likes it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die. Uh, she comes <laughs> into my world and they'll scale her uh, like three levels below me. So they scale okay. her a lot closer. All right. And so it it, it gives uh, it gives lower level people 
uh, a chance to play with friends that have probably been playing a lot more than they have. And of course, yeah. you can then uh, you know give them more XP so they can like boost higher. Like leveling is actually mm -hmm. really really easy. Uh, yeah. Something else I like is um, uh, the persistent world. Uh, so you start by doing your main main quest line. You fight the factions. You do the strongholds. And then after you've done all the strongholds and you've completed everything, uh, now comes the invasion. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. There's a new faction that comes in called Black Tusk. They're highly advanced. They've got robot dogs. They've got robot sentries. They've got freaking drones that explode and revive people. And I freaking hate it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, too, because there's a, a specific um, side uh, question mark quest or whatever that's kind of foreshadowing the Black Tusk. It's this, uh, and I actually confirmed it when I went, did this uh, in Jess's world, because again, I'm like, oh my god, I'm powerful, I can actually take this guy out. You go to investigate uh, the disappearance of this one uh, division agent while well, you find out he's dead, and it's a trap. It's just this one guy who's gold, and he's fighting you, and I'm like, oh yay, I take my LMG, and I just unload into him. About three seconds into this, I realize I'm not doing anything to him. I'm like, oh, it's that kind of mission where you're not supposed to defeat him. You're supposed to wait until something triggers and then, and then yeah. So in my first one, I was really confused. I was just trying not to die. And all of a sudden I'm getting electrocuted and then it faced to black and he disappears and he runs away. It's like, and then you complete the mission. It's like wasted. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that was weird. And then it dawned on me. Oh God, was that a black test soldier? Because I heard that they had this a lot of the same gear as you do, and mm -hmm. then going to vision and then redoing that, I'm like, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but <laughs> but basically, the Black Tusks retake over the entire map, and so then you have the same exact missions you've done, main quest missions that are now invaded. You do those missions all over again, except they're different, and the map is even different because these Black Tusks bring in like semis and stuff and humpies, mm -hmm. so there's different obstacles in different areas now and uh it's it's really cool and also something really cool is you have these control points now i did uh they're like capture points and you i did all of that i did my main quest line they all reset and it's like <laughs> oh yeah i did that for well, i guess experience or whatever and it's funny because one of my friends was ragging on me about you didn't do this control point i'm like shut up i'm doing what i want my <laughs> game so um but then uh, the cool thing is, is your allies actually go out and fight and capture these, and likewise the enemies take them over, and they do this all while you're offline as well. The world is persistent, and I really love that. Mm -hmm. So this is this is what I've been hearing for the past month and a half. It's gushing about how yeah. wonderful this game is, and and so this yeah. is stuff I've heard like the music score, like, the dynamic like weather, uh, just oh my god, I could go on and on. Uh, oh man, my overall review uh, on it is uh, Ubisoft did everything right. Uh, very few bugs and glitches that I've experienced. Uh, mm -hmm. The smoothest game we've seen in a long time, and there's always something to do, and there's just various degrees of challenging. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you you said you had uh, other questions about it, other concerns uh, for coming from the first one. Well, I was gonna say I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the leveling like 
for multiplayer when you're playing with friends it was atrocious i it almost made me like straight up hate the game outright the way that it was originally done with the first one because it was just like heavily like severely unbalanced for co-op play for newer players and it was really like unless if you're playing with somebody that was exactly at your level it was fine but if you're playing with somebody that's above you or anything like that i'm really glad that they like scale it down like a little bit more balance between like your other players and your other friends um how how satisfying is leveling up um that that was probably my next big question um when i played division one i didn't really find i i found the environment to be like actually really nice i found that to be a really enjoyable experience but i didn't really find anything in it to be like super great a lot of it just kind of felt very basic i guess that's what i want to say nothing really stuck out to me as like this is some really like absolutely satisfying gameplay it was okay and like leveling was there but realistically i wasn't really caring if that makes sense i'm basically just like i i understand that you're probably gonna be like the gameplay loop is oh my god (laughs) but fine with it feel free to tell me (laughs) oh man but that's essentially my question is how how is like scaling how is the actual progression grind how does that feel um it doesn't actually feel like much of a grind because you mm-hmm. have so much unique stuff you're doing you don't really notice it and it does feel sad because i know what you're talking about the first yeah. one i think i only leveled to 14 and it's like i don't really because here's the thing you're in addition to difficult like difficulty getting to each main uh, story mission because the leveling is so off mm-hmm. uh there's just not much of an end and like in dark zone uh like what's the point in, yeah. in grinding right you're just getting grinding to get better gear to grind to get more gear to fight it it, it is it's just an endless yeah. loop whereas this you're grinding to get better gear in order to do fun things like okay. oh i decided i'm gonna go take uh that capture point and the capture points are it's just a lot of stuff is actually fun to do even though you've mm-hmm. done it a dozen times over because not every fight is the same and not right. every encounter is the same and of course you've got enemies just randomly wandering around like like you did in the first one mm-hmm. but you don't know how that encounter is going to go am right. i going to die am i going to live um it love overall leveling because you go from one to 30 and then after 30 is end game, you go to gear score. Uh, Joshua said it sounded akin to uh, light level in Destiny. Yeah, yeah, light level. Yeah, the, the, the um, yeah light level is very much like that. Your gear score essentially. Yeah, yeah. and once you hit, because uh, you you don't just hit 30 and that's it. You go into this. No, you have to basically finish the campaign, the main, the first campaign or whatever, for everything, and then you go to world tier one, which is like prestiging, because you go mm-hmm. it goes one, two, three, four, and when you're reca- doing each stronghold all over again, once you complete that stronghold, you go up to the next world tier and enemies get harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get specializations once you hit world tier one. And what these are is they're, they're classes, essentially. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. And they have their own skill trees. The skill trees are kind of confusing as to why things are going where. Because like I'm a demolitionist. And I have my primary, my special weapon is the grenade launcher. There's the survivalist, which is the crossbow. And I can't remember what the third one is, but it's like the bear 50 cal. Mm-hmm. And no, you can't just go and spam these weapons willy nilly. <laughs> it's, I wish, but that it would just, it would break game balance. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it is another special piece of gear added to your arsenal to deal with whatever situation comes your way because it is special ammo. It 
drops uh, under certain conditions that you can go pick up and uh, that way you continue to deal with these threats. But like I am, uh, like I said, I'm going for an explosive build. I have a demolitionist. I, uh, I have a grenade launcher and it has special things. Like I have like 20% burn resistance, mm-hmm. 25% buff to uh, my explosive damage. Uh, the weird thing is, is so you have eight skill skills. Yeah, eight skills. So there's like a shield, like I said, the seeker mine, uh, turret, uh, drone, whatever. And uh, like I said, I run like to run seeker mines, but the demolitionist specializes in the turret, which kind of is weird to me because the seeker mine apparently goes to the crossbow class. I don't know why that is. So I thought, oh, I'm going to run experiment. I'm going to see if I can, uh, and you can switch up specializations. Uh, you, you have to go to uh, your base operations at the White House, but there's no, there's no. Oh, I picked this and I'm locked to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to. Um, sorry, we're distracted by a bee. That's <laughs> <laughs> there are exposed wires, and the bee is next to these exposed wires. <laughs> fire. Hey guys, that's the end of the show. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you can you can switch up specializations mm-hmm. uh, for free. So okay. I can if I don't if I want to be like okay I'm bored with this specialization I'm going to go level up because again yeah you're earning points every time you do certain missions like the invaded missions. Uh, basically, they give you enough points to fully level up one on an easy run, and the rest mm-hmm. of it is grinding to get those points. Uh, to I can't remember how you can regrind to to earn those, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, I went to um, uh, to go and see if I could be like, okay, I'm gonna grind the 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 survivalist to get the seeker mine upgrades. But unfortunately, as I learned and as I theorized, because there's passives which I understand would be locked to that specialization being active, and then mm-hmm. there's items. The items are also locked. There's also a, a special outfit you get for each one. Uh, that's also you can't wear it unless you're that specialization. Bizarre, but whatever. So it's not a D and D scenario where I'm like, I'm going to go special, dual specialize in in uh, and get these skills. It's like, no, you can't do that. You have to. So I mean, pick one or the other. Yeah, pick mm-hmm. one or the other. So, hmm. but uh, that's uh, I think that's um, all I have to say on that. That's for all now. I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> No, that pretty much answers my question. That that works for me. Yeah. Okay. Good. It sounds like uh, just for the folks there at home, that sounds like a resounding pick this up if you're interested in looter shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even just looter shooters, just like mm-hmm. uh, a well-functioning looter shooter. It's not malfunctioning. No, no, no. no I said well, well-functioning. I thought they said malfunctioning. <laughs> uh, no, I just I have a, uh, If you're interested in a malfunctioning yeah, shooter. No. Okay. If you're interested in a game that's not broken, pick this one up. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah, were telling yeah. me earlier that when uh, the game first launched, uh, just everything worked smoothly. Yeah, yeah, everything worked, and you figure this is a game that is bound to a uh, a server. So if the mm-hmm. server's overloaded, too many people, it's not working. That server's going to crash. I've had some lag issues and maybe a couple glitches, but overall, I've no, it's just, it's a great game. And it's you, smooth. You were telling me that awesome. it went from uh, the early access, not really like alpha, oh, I'm sorry. into no, no, beta, no, 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 no. and then into, and, and everything just works smooth. Closed beta, open beta, launch. Gotcha. All within like a month, I believe, because I played the open beta 
And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this sold me. Because the game already looked good. I was interested in the first one. I just wish it had more. This mm -hmm. is exactly, this is answering everything that all the fans of the first division loved. Mm -hmm. And you could and you could be one of those people like, well, I don't like Tom Clancy games. This does not feel like a Tom Clancy game. Again, it's Grand Theft Auto on steroids without cars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, man. Cool. So right now, definitely worth the full 60, and it'll be only worth more or, you know, a better pickup as the as the uh, price goes down, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, it, and it's got microtransactions in it. I know people don't don't like that. Uh, I'm I'm kind of, you know, of two minds and devil's advocate and all that. Like, it depends on how the uh, it's structured. Like, mm. as long as it's not structured to hinder the gameplay, like GTA Online is very much structured to hinder, to, to push you towards the shark cards because mm -hmm. you're constantly grinding. Like, I had one kid be like, well, I earned a million dollars in five hours. Well, that's great for you. I don't have that kind of time. I can't sit <laughs> for five hours just to grind part of a car i know to me that kind of a game is a bullshit game or you know dick around game and that's how it should stay it shouldn't mm. be and there's there's not really any competition to it, but but we're getting into uh into the, the division two has uh boxes but you can get keys in game so mm. again it's not pushing you towards hey buy this to get this or whatever no like they have an event going right now the invasion apparel event and you can occasionally like when you uh because after you get gear score because obviously after you hit 30 there's no need for experience to level up your gear mm -hmm. does that so all that xp goes towards game proficiency uh caches which contain uh if you get this uh what is it the perk that boosts it it gets mm -hmm. like two with the possibility of a bonus and an apparel cache key at times and you can do that to go unlock. So you, are, are, are these these microtransactions, are they more like aesthetic or are they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're more aesthetic? There's, it's not okay. a pay to win by no means. Okay. No, it's it's apparel. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So yeah. my, my only other question when it comes to microtransactions is how often does the game shove the store in your face? Is it like every time you log in that the, the store is there or is it like, you access it by a menu and you only ever see the store by accessing that menu. By accessing the menu. If okay. I like, honestly, I don't pay attention that much, mm -hmm. but obviously if I don't, if I can't remember if, uh, if this, if it shows you the story anywhere else, then it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm focused on getting into that game. So yeah, no, the store isn't being pushed in your face. You press start, you have all kinds of tabs like to go to inventory and all that. Don't get me wrong. Some of the, the uh what is it not the hud a anyway i can't remember the oh my the god UI. it's on my tongue the ui thank you uh, it's not it's a little complicated to understand at first like where everything is and how everything works um but it, again like the store's like in a little rectangular box like you don't and you can you can hit apparel and yeah it shows kind of the store there it shows hey you have uh you can go to uh your apparel caches and you click on that to either, I believe, buy them or like, you know, uh, it'll hold X to um, unlock them. So to keep the answer succinct, uh, it is not like FIFA Ultimate Team. It is, <laughs> it is the opposite. Let me be clear. This is not. 
Yeah, game. Gotcha. <laughs> and it's funny too because if you really look at uh, Ubisoft, they're they've become quite the prominent company. They don't really put out broken games. They put out pretty incredible games. I mean, every game's going to have its issues, mm-hmm. but it puts out quality. As far as we've seen, it has put out quality. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn wasn't really to when they announced it. I'm like, oh. I wanted a because f- when they announced it was going to be apocalyptic. First, I was kind of sketchy about the fact that it's like, oh, literally less than a month later from our last title, we're releasing a new Far Cry. I'm like, eh. <laughs> and when they're like, but it's going to be uh, apocalypse. And I'm like, oh my god, yes. And then I saw it. I'm like, oh, I want to fall out. I got rage too. That's just, I'm not into I'm not into the Mad Maxi bright colors. No, I'm into Fallout kind of grungy that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know. Cool. Oh man. Uh so that's Division 2. Probably I should could move talk on. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let no, me go get my memoirs. <laughs> oh, that was um, chapter 1. That was chapter, chapter 1. <laughs> chapter 2. Um I think IGN well, would be impressed if I did an article on that. <laughs> uh well, we're kind of farming some other ideas and I realized we didn't talk about Ryan, we didn't talk about when this was announced. Um, the uh, Xbox One uh, all digital or discless. Oh no, we didn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. By all means, uh, we can talk about that. And then also the Switch. There's rumors mm. of the Switch, and I figured we've already talked about the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, last week, or at least what you know, K. Um, it's about all you really got to know about the PS Five right now. Uh, but we didn't talk about Xbox One. We didn't talk about the Switch. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be kind of a good topic um, or group of topics here is just talking about some of the console updates and uh, if we think any of them are worth it, what, how we're feeling about them individually, stuff like that. So I guess yeah, uh, we can start with just what we know concretely being the Xbox One, um, the discless version. Uh because right now with the Switch, it's only been rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can start with that. Uh, how are you guys feeling about like this discless version of an Xbox One, an all digital version? Yeah. So th- for so, those who also don't know, uh, it's fifty dollars cheaper than like your standard Xbox One at the moment. That that's basically it. That was the only part that I really went to throw in. But by all means, go right ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we actually talked about this quite a bit on our last podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I used to God, work in video begin? game. Te- so uh this is one of those things when i saw the xbox one first come out um mm-hmm. i was like why did they include a disk drive to begin with i don't know that was me more of like like my computer mind right, just like right. it's mm. most efficient you know um it's it's what i'm thinking as far as a, a marketing perspective you want to make it feel like uh the customer's getting much more then mm-hmm. or, or they're not losing as much if, if they purchase this version so i would say make it 100 dollars cheaper than the regular version and then release a, a an accessory that is basically just a disk drive that plugs into usb mm-hmm. and uh i think that you know because people aren't really going to buy that usb product you know maybe you know a few people but putting it in people's minds that they're getting 100 dollars cheaper you know, and it's already a digital platform, all the games you're going to be purchasing, you have to purchase through Microsoft to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just smart, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, but I think it's too expensive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
don't know. Well, honestly, when I looked at it, I kind of thought that this is this is a very niche product for like not a lot of people i get it and i can understand like a lot of people can use this to like somewhat effectiveness because i mean not everybody needs a disk drive some people just download exclusively their games mm-hmm. only but a lot of people just go to gamestop and just buy used copy right and like that's always that there's always that as an option um yeah i don't know i i feel like also including like not everybody has the best internet in the world you know what i mean like not everybody has that stable internet or even if they do they have a data cap and, like, if you're downloading games, then you're going to just cap your data, like, almost instantly. That's just bound to happen. That Those were, like, the main things that I saw. I see it as explicitly a niche product. And that's realistically it. I don't see it getting, like, a whole ton of sales. I see it getting some. I, I think it's a product that some people would be interested in. I just don't mm. think it's... It's definitely not for everybody, for sure. To be honest, I'm kind of glad that they're making it... Like just like they're not they're not doing like next gen console no disc drive because one that'd just be stupid I think we can all I think we can all very much just vouch for that but like it, it gives them a little bit of testing ground so that way they can understand just how much they really need to make of it rather than just being like yeah no we're really gonna go hard on like no disc drive that's exactly what we're doing um but yeah that that's my personal opinion I'm personally glad yeah. that they are doing it in this way. Yeah, I've 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 actually watched a teardown video of the discless mm-hmm. Xbox One, and it's literally just an Xbox One like S, yeah. uh, without the disc drive, and then they yeah. just have a plastic piece that goes over it. Uh, what I think Marcus actually brought up was, or it might have been, might have been, who, who doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> just put another hard drive in there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, put two one terabytes or put a two oh, terabyte, make it, yeah, make yeah. it worth it, you know. So mm-hmm. I saw this as a very big missed opportunity. In fact, I tweeted to Microsoft's thing about it. Uh, I'm not going to uh, go into it about that. But uh, uh, real quick, uh, for those that haven't heard, uh, and I actually have uh, the article up right now from uh, from our um, Google Docs. Uh, I haven't erased anything yet. Um, an Xbox One with no regard for physical media is real, and it's going on sale next month uh, on May 7th. Uh, it's uh, discounted by $50 over the standard Xbox One S. Uh, comes bundled with Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon 3, and Minecraft, plus special trial for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, and then they go on to uh, the uh, the Game Pass Ultimate. But I just, as I said earlier, I think it was before recording, I love Microsoft. They've been doing so well and making all kinds of uh, smart decisions. And then they do this, and I'm like, why? like there's okay this first off should have been at the very most 199 you're not putting extra uh drives in it so it's just one terabyte you're getting the same exact games that Again, I, I couldn't remember if Minecraft is on Game Pass, but you're getting the exact same games you would on Game Pass anyway. Uh, Minecraft, I don't think is on. Actually, it might be. Honestly, it might be. It might be on Game Pass. It's everywhere else, but <laughs> yeah. not on Game Pass. I just, yeah. it's just such a big, why? Why mm. was the, it's more money for less product. I, it, the box isn't even smaller. I, I actually have an idea that Microsoft uh when the xbox one first came out they sold obviously a lot less than the playstation 4 did mm-hmm. yeah um my i have a bit of a, a conspiracy theory is that i think they meant to sell less 
I don't think they wanted to sell that much because they wanted a much more manageable number of people who were buying the console for them mm -hmm. to be able to support it. Uh, I think Microsoft planned to sell the number of consoles that they were wanting to sell. And that's why they made it a higher price. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot of other reason for that. I mean, why would but you? But it doesn't make sense because Microsoft's like, you know, we want, you know, play anywhere. We want Xbox to be everywhere. Then why? Why not put this at 199 get an Xbox in every single household? I don't understand. Well, that's, but I'm not a tech guy. Well, I'm just looking at this from, you know, a, a business and, uh, you know, golden opportunity perspective. See, I, I'm more of a tech support guy. So like, you know, call center tech support guy. So my mm. opinion of this might be a little bit different than other people's. Um, uh, it's um, I think that Microsoft sold exactly as many consoles as they wanted to. And I don't think they see themselves as in competition with PlayStation. I think they see themselves as doing their thing. Um, like Nintendo. Which is when, when you ask uh, the head of Microsoft, Bill Pal Palmer, yes, was his name? I believe. Yeah. Bal Balmer, Balmer. Um, he, you know, there's an episode of, uh, South Park, the, the console wars three-parter that was I sort think, of a game I of thrones yeah, three-parter. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you notice Steve Ballmer, uh, there was the part where Bill Gates actually comes in and is talking with Steve Ballmer and he's talking about, oh, it's great that there's this competition, you know, it's PlayStation keeps us, you know, competitive and, and we would have a much better product if PlayStation uh, exists than if they didn't. And, uh, in the show, Bill Gates stabs him in the back, Game of Thrones style. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's. Um, I forget what my point was, but I think that more or less gets the point across. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. I have I have some apprehensions about uh, about going discless though, with in just terms, and really, this is more me struggling with what it, what ends up really being in the eula of most games and software. Mm -hmm. um is if like not having a physical copy means that that game can kind of just be taken away from you <laughs> oh um, yes i've heard of this as well that, that, and that was a concern when i first when i was first researching this i uh, inside gaming the new gaming news channel done by the funhouse folks um, right right so yeah that was kind of like a concern i had is in terms of like and user license agreements and actually owning your game and you know da 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 um how are you guys feeling about that kind of the on pc we really don't have much of physical media anymore i don't go to walmart mm -hmm. and pick up disc to install i get my stuff from steam i get my stuff from epic game store i get my stuff from gog or itch.io or humble bundle support our humble bundle link uh, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> et cetera et cetera et cetera um yeah. how are you guys feeling about that about consoles going digital um because that feels weird a little bit that feels a little weird well first off microsoft tried to push this uh with the xbox one when it originally came out and people freaked out so mm. microsoft did a very smart thing where they very slowly piece by piece like with game pass and everything push the digital because let's all be realistic when's the last time we all bought a physical disc i'm not saying we shouldn't you know we shouldn't be thinking about that but my my thing is also like uh because somebody i heard this somebody said something about uh, modern warfare 3 as an example and i thought you know but that was like 10 years ago i've long gotten my 60 dollars out of that game and that's another thing is 
do you feel like you're at a point where granted yes i know you buy it it's yours yada yada but also mm-hmm. you got to think realistically did i get my enjoyment out of that game did i get 60 dollars worth out of that game because you're going to think about that anyway when you bought it and weeks after you've played it so i actually have something to add to that sure. um, you had mentioned briefly about how when microsoft first tried to do this just to elaborate more on that you, you remember the whole family sharing thing they tried to do where the xbox had to be on all the time mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. 24 hours it had to oh, check right, right. the reason they were doing that is because they wanted to let you share your games with up to 10 people digitally i, I really wish and that so it needed thing. to check 24 hours to see if the licenses needed to be updated but you could mm-hmm. have bought a game for 60 dollars and shared it with 10 people well and to be and fair people lost their minds and were like oh i don't want to keep my xbox one on all, all the time and so they didn't implement that program where you could have shared your games with 10 people and so now this is their slower way, like Marcus right, said, right. of basically easing people in. You know, it's kind of like the boiling frog. You turn up the oh, right, turn right. Up yeah, the yeah, pot. Yeah. It's, it's exactly like yep, that. We're all slowly yeah. dying, people. Um, <laughs> but Nintendo does something very similar with, uh, with their online. When you get your free catalog of NES games and eventually SNES and probably Game Boy uh, you know, emulators, all that, they want to check on you every week. It's more reasonable, you know, every week to update the licensing and make sure that's there. If you don't check in within the week, you lose your thing, but it's as simple as, you know, logging in again. Which is actually more annoying for a uh, a console that moves around with you no, than, I understand. than it is for a console that literally sits in one place. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much like on my Nintendo Switch, that's it that is annoying. That, you know, having to connect to the internet every every once in a while, it's mm-hmm. more annoying there than it is on my Xbox One. Way more annoying. Mhm. Or than it would be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that's just, it's been just a huge concern. The game, I didn't realize that the, the whole game sharing, like family plan kind of what was a part of that. I know that there's been services um, that are kind of moving towards that sort of model where family and friends share games, mm-hmm. um, you know, like kind of like a household thing. I believe the new Apple service is going to run like that. I believe Google Stadia is going to have something similar to that as well. Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I know the Apple Arcade service for sure is, it's like, yeah, it's just tied to uh, an Apple ID. And, you know, if you are a parent and your kids have Apple IDs and you have it set up that way, whatever you buy or whatever, you know, part of the service you have, your kids can access that as well. And then you can also monitor and control that, uh, you know, what games they are playing and how long they're playing the games for and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's, that's interesting. I didn't realize they were doing that. Um, because well, they, they were going to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were going to do it. I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that was even an idea that they had. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm always for services like that. I always think mm-hmm. whatever helps families keep, entertainment in the home because entertainment is an easy way to keep yourself out of trouble. <laughs> um, it's an easy way to keep yourself um, content and to relax and to not spend money or go out to bars and stuff like that. Entertainment is great for families. Uh, mm-hmm. So anytime there's like any sort of family system or service, you know, like a Netflix sharing kind of thing, I'm always down for that. That And it's always better uh, for the consumers as well. Um, well, my mom was always uh, saying, well, you're not out doing drugs, killing people. So, you know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one thing that, you know, I 
talk to my dad and it's like, why, why does he play uh, five hours of World of Warships every day? Because it keeps him from going to the bars. <laughs> 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 and that's, and that's probably not even an exaggeration. He seriously plays that game. That's a game I need to get someone on here to talk about. That. Maybe I'll have my father on to talk about <laughs> World of Warships, but he plays it for like five hours a day. Um, oh, I like hearing the stories from uh, Joshua about uh, Hearts of Iron 4. Oh, you ever played Hearts of Iron 4? <laughs> oh, God. I've not. <laughs> oh, man. It's like a World War II uh, alternate universe, like real-time strategy. It's mm. it's so complex. I, I'll, I'll probably talk more about it if, if if we have some more time but it's i could probably go just as long as as marcus did about the division two uh it's so Hearts fun to Ford. you know cower in terror as ireland and watch the nazis take over the world <laughs> oh yeah I, I played as ireland and literally just the nazis took over what all the was Soviet it Union, that the united states turned then, into because that is civil war oh, right so there was this while i was playing as ireland the united states mm. had a civil war and the words on my screen i will i will see burned into my retinas for all time and eternity <laughs> <laughs> the confederate workers <laughs> states of america <laughs> apparently they had a, the, the confederates had a, a communist uprising about 1939 in this game and it was crazy uh but again i can go into more detail later if you want yeah. so um the other console we were going to talk about is the switch um yeah. there's just been a lot of rumors flying around the switch um that they're going to come out with two new versions of the console um and all sorts of things coming out of the rumor mill, like 4K or, you know, one's going to be a higher end version of the Switch, maybe with some more, you know, powerful hardware in it. One's going to be a lower end, you know, kind of the typical things we've seen from Nintendo over the years mm -hmm. um, in terms of like midlife or, you know, mid yeah, kind of like the midlife version of the consoles where you start seeing like alternate bigger versions of like the 3DS or um different bundles for the wii uh so i'm kind of curious because i know ren you have a switch mm -hmm. joshua you said you have a switch as well i do i do okay so you, three out of the four of us here have switches um <laughs> we can kind of go like around the horn like what features would you like to see in a new switch you can go like either higher end or lower end Oh, man. For me personally, it immediately starts with Bluetooth support. I kind of talked about this earlier, um, mm -hmm. namely because I, I have a Bluetooth headset and like I know a lot of people actually use a lot of Bluetooth items. And for me personally, it sucks when I can't use it when I'm like doing things like that. I would love to. Um, Bluetooth supports one of the big ones, maybe um, probably one of the biggest issues I notice. And I mean, it's it's not like unsurprising. But when you're playing something like Breath of the Wild, which obviously is very like you probably should dock your switch if you're going to play that game. It kind of mm. struggles when you're playing it in like any sort of handheld mode. And it's not it's not a good time. <laughs> just mm. saying that one outright. Always. I'm always down for more battery life, just like improvements. Realistically, I don't really have like a lot of things. I'm like this. This in particular, I hate about the switch. There's nothing really like that for me. Um I think at one point, I think we even talked about them, like, considering, like, getting, like, a docked-only type of Switch. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like an actual console console one. I'd personally be down for that. I mm -hmm. don't really use my Switch, like, in travel purposes, personally. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would love to have it docked. I would love to just have it as, like, a perma-docked thing that always just runs at, like, a pretty solid rate. But yeah, that's mm -hmm. me, personally. I don't know. I'm relatively yeah, the, content. Uh... 
the the less moving parts something has, the the, the longer it will last. And so yeah. along that same line, yeah, a dockless exactly switch might I don't be a very buy good. Idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want something with you know GPS and that and ca- rear camera and all that. Yay! One more thing to break and pay for. I'm so excited for the new age. <laughs> and then the dock is really really cheap too. So it's yeah. actually a, a a more sturdy dock. Uh, that has a little more give as far as, you know, because some people's screens got scratched, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you put a you put a screen protector on it, you're pretty much fine. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see maybe some sort of uh, uh, insert that comes with it that, you know, is more foamy, kind of like felt or something that, that mm-hmm. would go in between the dock screen so you don't scratch it. Um, my needs for the Switch are actually very small. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not, not really small. I'd actually like a bigger handhold. <laughs> so uh, I'd actually like to be able to hold the uh, um, so it's perfect for for my Asian girlfriend. Um, her hands are perfect for it. I'm a six foot two man uh, with very large. <laughs> hands. And so for me to do the switch, I have to use like a third party controller. Otherwise, it's just, you know, I've gotten more used to it, but I'd like to see a bigger controller or one that's made more for people that are my size. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're going to come out? Because we've seen with like the 3DS, you know, 3DS XL and XXL. And um, hey, look, we have a 3DS XXL, but with a Zelda skin. Ooh, guys, I actually Zelda skin. Do you think we're going to see something like that? I honestly just like thought about one last little detail that I'd love. Oh. And that is because I had to explicitly buy this. It's an Ethernet adapter for my dock. I would love if they had an Ethernet adapter built directly into the dock. I would be super happy about that. That'd be so wonderful. I actually randomly had an Ethernet to USB thing just laying in my computer parts. So Mm -hmm. I just plugged that in and it just worked. So I was lucky in that regard. But I am running out of USB ports on my dock. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. I really do. Especially with the controller adapter. Would it support a little USB dongle like this? Uh, I might have to test that. Yeah, I actually have one. I don't know personally, but uh, yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll, that's realistically all I could possibly really want. I'd honestly mm. even drop the Bluetooth idea altogether if I could just get the Wi-Fi like adapter directly built into the dock. I'd be happy mm-hmm. to be completely. <laughs> that's that's really like the big thing I want by far, because like yeah, playing Nintendo really- online games kind of sucks. To be completely honest, like there's so many games, like if you're looking at Smash, there are some serious like latency issues at times where like sometimes you're just stuck in a game and like nobody's moving because like the host, because it's peer to peer, the host's internet is horrible. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, you're sitting there for 30 seconds. Like, I wonder when this guy's going to disconnect so I don't lose. So I don't technically (laughs) lose. I just wonder if he's ever going to leave. Putting that into docks more often would heavily improve latency issues, I feel. I, yeah. I feel like that'd be a big, big upgrade. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, <clears throat> me being me, and I do my research on everything, uh, I thought, you know, it really sounds familiar that yeah, I could have sworn they have already announced uh, that they're working on two new models. And lo and behold, I was correct, like I always am. Uh, <laughs> Did they? Did they announce? This? Okay, so this one comes from GameSpot, which is on my top list of, uh, of game journalist sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from uh, Eddie McCooch. I really hope that's not his last name. <laughs> I really, really hope. Um, Nintendo switched. <laughs> God damn it, I can't. Nintendo Switch to get two new models this year. Uh, let's see. 
Particularly when it comes to its handheld game systems, Nintendo has a long history of releasing revised models of its platform. Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch will reportedly follow that trend later this year, when it's said to be getting multiplayer updated models. According to a new report from the Wall Street Journal, Nintendo will launch not one, but two new Nintendo Switch models in 2019. Uh, double checking to make sure this is up to date. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I, thought, March 20th. I thought with that article that they were just... They, they had some sort of insider knowledge that they were going off of. They were just going like, this is what we're going to see, but it wasn't actually announced. Uh, it's Well, it says one of these new Switch models will sport, quote, enhanced features, and it's designed for, quote, avid gamers. However, its specs won't match that of Xbox One X or PS4 Pro. Uh, the other system is described as a cheaper option for casual gamers that Nintendo sees as a successor to its aging handheld 3ds device yes that's right they wanted to make a more powerful version of the current switch and they wanted something to replace uh the 3ds and that second version that uh the one that would replace the 3ds is something i'm more interested in uh i don't need something necessarily that's made for like avid gamers i really just want to i've talked about this a couple times i really Mm -hmm. just want a pokemon machine I just want a switch that I can <laughs> I can get Pokemon Red, get Pokemon Crystal, you know, even get some of the GBAs and the uh, the DS games, you know, bring mm-hmm. back Platinum and whatever else. I just want a fucking Pokemon machine. <laughs> That's kind of what to me. Like, if I'm ever gonna buy a switch, it's just gonna be for Pokemon. I'm not really interested in anything else that it has to offer, except for maybe Mario Kart. Um, so that's kind of been for me the the thing i'm like if if it's a nice cheap version of the switch i can get that and then i can get the new pokemon (laughs) and then maybe by that point in the e-shop they'll have it for me (laughs) going into e3 predictions a little bit and side note Mm -hmm. if you guys want us to join back at some point in may for e3 predictions we would probably be happy to do so but looking at what nintendo is going to be doing at e3 uh obviously we're looking at uh, the possibility of the announcement of two new Switch models. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, um, in terms of games, I'm not entirely sure. I do know for probably a, a solid fact that they are going to come up on stage and be like, um, you know, hey, SNES uh, titles, title list is coming this year for uh, our online. And then, of course, we're it's going to be curious to see what Microsoft and Nintendo are doing together, specifically the long-rumored Game Pass coming to Switch. Please let that be true. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that- wasn't that actually announced as, as being the case? Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I yes thought that was confirmed. No. Yes and no. Um, I can't remember what was officially con- confirmed by one of the uh, the companies, but that was... Uh, oh, that's right. So uh, it's really funny because I listen to podcasts like Kind of Funny, What's Good Games, and Gamer Tag Radio. And uh, actually, uh, the girls from What's Good Games and the uh, guys, uh, actually, I think it was just Danny. Uh, they, they were debating uh, back and forth about this being a possibility. And, you know, Danny Penny is like, you know, I it is. It's going to happen. And I don't disagree with him. Because, and it's really funny because they made a bet. Okay, the bet is, you know, within the next year or whatever, we're going to see, and this was Danny betting, that we're going to see uh, a Xbox-exclusive title on the Switch. And Andrew Renee's like, that, this, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Lo and behold, Cuphead's on the Switch, bitches. <laughs> so, so, the real question, 
what does that mean? What does that mean going forward? So I don't know if this is true or not. It's a likely scenario because mm. it plays into Microsoft continuing their march forward to world domination and Nintendo sells a shit ton of hardware. So do you want to enter a conspiracy theory oh, zone for hell. a second? Fine, fine. <laughs> fine. Right. Shit, I forgot my tinfoil hat. All right, okay. go ahead. So there, there is a well-known, not really policy, but more of a, a corporate strategy that Microsoft employs, uh, which is known colloquially as embrace, extend, extinguish. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. <sighs> so this is something that they've tried to do where they make themselves necessary uh, mm -hmm. That they extend themselves out, let some other third company uh, or or uh, service embrace their products, uh, and then because they're necessary, they extinguish them. They did it with um, so Mac computers was having a hard time when Steve Jobs took over, and there was a deal that was struck where Internet Explorer would be the default browser in Mac computers for the next five years or something. And also Microsoft would buy non-voting shares in, uh, in uh, Macintosh, uh, Apple stock. Uh, so the better that Mac does, the better Microsoft does, because Microsoft is, is a, a pretty heavy shareholder, non-voting shareholder in Apple right now mm. uh, because of that deal, which kept them from going afloat, which also kept them from you know, having to deal with monopoly type stuff. Uh, because they were already getting sued by Netscape Navigator, who I don't know if you, maybe I'm a little bit old, but this is this is <laughs> Netscape Navigator back in the nineties. I was going to so, say Netscape is uh, that's an oldie. Yeah, so Netscape Navigator, um, basically back back in the nineties or so, you didn't just download your browser for free; you had to buy it. And so when Internet Explorer was included for free on Microsoft systems, they sued Microsoft for uh, competition, and they did actually win the. Uh, win the, the lawsuit, but Netscape Navigator wasted so much money that they basically shut down and a lot of the developers from that went to create Firefox. Um, so, yeah, they've done this with like Linux. They're, uh, they've donated half a million dollars to the Linux uh, Foundation, so they're on, on the board there. So Linux Ubuntu, they make decisions for how Linux Ubuntu functions, which is a mm -hmm. whole other operating system. So they're trying to get involved. They're trying to make themselves necessary. And they're trying to extinguish the competition by making themselves necessary. And I kind of feel like they're trying to do the same thing with a Nintendo Switch and I, by and doing I, Game Pass. And I disagree, but that's we've had this conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my conspiracy theory. Uh, so <laughs> hey, hey kids, you want to go back to dial up? I talked okay. I talked to a 13-year-old who never heard that tone never knew what having dial-up meant that you could not call out while you were on the internet and he's like this sounds like a horrible age of technology i'm like oh it was i the true dark times a, <laughs> the dark ages <laughs> just you know because i'm i'm not that old i'm 24 but we're 20 i have a i have a am cousin. i 29 yeah we still haven't figured out your age yet i'm old mine i don't remember oh sorry Anyway. Anyways, I have a cousin who just turned 18 and he, he enlisted in the army. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, he doesn't remember 9-11. Like if he gets oh. sick, right? Like that, this is like a weird thing. It's like, he doesn't remember. Why are we fighting he, again? Yeah, it's like, if <laughs> we, he have, goes we out, had this conversation the other day. <laughs> and like my little sister, you know, she was born when I was in the fifth grade. 
Uh, <laughs> I have a brother that was born in the seventh grade. I'm like, neither of these guys know a world without Wi-Fi, <laughs> really. I mean, <laughs> Wi-Fi was a... <laughs> I'm it's, like, it's, oh, yeah, wow. it's weird. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend, she's she's 21, and she doesn't remember 9-11 either. And I'm like, oh, God, I, you know that that gif of uh, where you just suddenly get older or whatever? I forget who the actor is, but it's just that I was like, I'm, well, here's the scary part. Old? They're teaching. Actually, I don't know what they're teaching in school. Our education system's terrible, but that's uh, another topic. <laughs> for time. Um, but it's like they're teaching that in school in history in school i'm like oh god i'm a fossil <laughs> oh, i am a yeah. monument now because <laughs> i but, remember 9 11. <laughs> yeah that was I one of those things 9 11 is always brought up on anywhere we go we bring up <laughs> on the show too often I, I, I think that says more about us than anything <laughs> <laughs> you're just the kind of people oh man but uh well i still have my tinfoil i say well we still have our tinfoils hot on uh you guys want to talk about bush in 9 11. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. uh, do you want to get monetized? <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, back to uh, the uh, Nintendo Switch. And, that's probably because you were talking about <laughs> we we derailed ourselves, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Nintendo Switch, and uh, you're talking about like Microsoft, and like what fu- what other future roles do you see Microsoft in at at on the Switch? Do you have any thoughts, Marcus? (laughs) Clearly you do. (laughs) I don't know. That's actually a really good question. Right now, I can't see beyond, you know, them. Because that's the question people have is not necessarily what Microsoft could put on the Switch, but what Mm -hmm. Nintendo could offer to put on Microsoft. You know, are we going to see Super Mario on the Xbox? Oh, God, no. I don't see that. (laughs) Never. Never. No, I don't see that at all. I mean, could I be wrong? Oh, always. There's always that percentage that I'm wrong. But I, I... admit that so therefore if i always admit that one percent that could be wrong i'm never wrong because it's like oh but i already knew that could be wrong so i'm always right that's how science works when exactly. you're wrong you just assume the correct position and therefore you're not wrong anymore that's, that's just science days, bitch. Assume the position. Um, but on a serious note uh there it's well it's like there's a uh we covered it uh what was it two episodes ago i don't remember yeah two episodes ago on uh master chief coming to smash bros I don't see that as a complete, uh, like I, I totally see it being possible. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. I mean, especially with the, I, I would think they that put this, solid snake on there. They, I mean, there's three different, uh, characters that are perceived as PlayStation exclusive that are on there. What cloud? Cause final fantasy up until recently was never on a Nintendo product. Uh, no. uh right. Or, oh, on uh, Nintendo product. Oh yeah. Right. We're talking. Okay. Well, I was yeah, gonna I'm, say there's um Oh the, oh right. I'm I'm the, forgetting a lot of things, but Cloud Cloud specifically was never on. Let's put Doom Marine yeah. in there. Let's do it. Doom would be great. <laughs> let's That's just it. turn Super Smash Brothers into more combat. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> rip, rip Kirby in half, you know. I think I think Steve from Minecraft is a lot more likely than Master Chief. I see I see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Those are our thoughts. Sure. No, um I don't ever see it like Xbox Game Pass coming to Switch would probably, again, I could be wrong, could be the boldest move we ever see the two companies do. Our thoughts on it is because Nintendo is so niche and basically grandfather gaming, um, we never see 
uh, in our eyes anyways, Nintendo competing against Sony and Microsoft. It's mm-hmm. Microsoft and Sony butting heads. Yeah. Nintendo's mm-hmm. off doing their own thing. So when people say, oh, Nintendo's, you know, competing, it's like, I, I mean, I don't, I get it. It's a gaming company. They're technically competing, yes. Yeah. But competing as we know it, I, no, they're not. They do their own thing. And there's actually yeah. uh, a Wikipedia article that people should look up, uh, Galapagosization. And it's the idea that, like, islands uh, develop their own culture uh, that mm. are unique from mainlands. Uh, Japan very and Nintendo, Japanese companies that aren't more Western, they specifically cater to the needs of, of Japanese consumers. Um, so there are products that exist that you would never, ever think would, would be a thing because they're yeah. just catering to the needs of, of, of Japan. Um, things like, you know, toaster cell phones or just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's Obviously lots of examples you could bring up. Scary, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. their, their culture for like, because what was it recently? I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but it was along the lines of the whole uh, uh, Steam debacle where Steam uh, was finally let it, well, it was they were shutting down studios that were producing these uh, Japanese story arts, but they were like, you know, they showed, you know, nudity and stuff. But the problem was, is the girls looked really young. I mean, culturally, uh, they look young anyway in real life. They always do. <laughs> yeah, I could be I could be wrong. This, this is but going down a dangerous that, path. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a, dangerous a little road. sketchy. It's <laughs> <Just> a little <laughs> bit. Oh, man. Well, actually, you kind of you gave me. And I don't mean to like derail us necessarily from the from this particular conversation, but uh, there is some news coming out of Asia that um, you guys reminded me of, which is uh, South Korea. Um, their FTC is looking to review the in-game microtransaction purchases uh, mm-hmm. of a lot of these games. Um, I hope so. I mean, South Korea yeah. has probably the greatest infrastructure, internet infrastructure in the world, and also the largest problem with microtransactions, mm-hmm. you know, affecting mm-hmm. the populace. Absolutely, because everybody's yeah. plugged in there. I mean, the, people die because they don't stop gaming there, mm-hmm. or yeah. don't get off their computer uh, for whatever reason. They don't eat, they don't drink, they don't sleep, they don't poop, they don't nothing. They just die. <laughs> they just game and then they die. <laughs> Dying in ecstasy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they, you're, uh, go ahead, was, go ahead. Oh God, no! I was gonna say, but they die looking young. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. All right, Dave, go oh, ahead. I couldn't help myself. Uh, just like real quick, because you're talking about like that, the idea of Galapagosation and um, Korea. It, it's not an island, mm-hmm. but South Korea might as well be in many yeah, aspects. Well, yeah. Its only Absolutely. mainland neighbor is North Korea. It barely trades with its two closest neighbors being China and Japan. And they, for very justified reasons, South Korea does not do business with Japan. For many, 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 many years, there was an embargo on Japanese um, goods going into Korea. So that's why PC gaming is actually much bigger over there in South Korea than it is in Japan. Because Sony goods were not allowed or they're very difficult to get in South Korea. And like I said, for very justified reasons. Anyone, by the way, this is just like a little off tangent. You're talking about World War II. I, I actually highly recommend, because some people kind of forget about the atrocities that Japan committed in World War II. Look and see what happened to China and um, South Korea at the hands of the Imperial Japanese Army. And then you'll understand why that embargo happened. Uh, spoiler alert, a lot of rape. 
um, in a lot of in a lot of beheadings. A lot of like experimentation <laughs> right, as well. Right. I've, I've actually yeah. read a Wikipedia page about this. There was a whole uh, there was a whole compound that was created, much much like the the Nazis actually did for doing human experimentations, yeah. you know, purposefully infecting people with STDs. It's, it was a whole terrible time. A lot of, a lot of war crimes. So that's like the background history to why uh, PC gaming is, you know, big in, in Korea, among other things. Um, but this is actually kind of like an interesting thing because I don't know if this will really affect that many companies in the U S uh, a lot of the companies that seem to have these problems with microtransactions, like the really, really, really bad ones, like we can talk about EA, but there, we all know that there are companies who are much worse than EA, and they're not all American developers. Activision. Um, oh, oh, God. You know, for the podcast, it's not professional. Um, <laughs> go on, go on. Uh, Tencent <laughs> and their subsidiaries, um, other developers in Korea are really bad for this. Um, so yeah, do you guys think that as they kind of start going ahead on this, that we're going to see much effect in the United States? Because this is not the only country to start looking into these practices. Uh, Belgium started looking into this as well. Mm -hmm. um, here in the States, Hawaii started uh, making threats about investigating and making policies in Hawaii. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think this is we're going to see anything coming out of this? I mean, yeah, um... I actually... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm always for it. I mean, like, there's no... It's not like it's not going to affect in the slightest. At the bare minimum, somebody's going to talk about kind of like what we're doing right now. Somebody is going to be mentioning, like, other places are doing this. How come we're not having this discussion more and more? I feel like that's a very reasonable, like, idea to have. That's my opinion. I think even if it's not, like, the biggest impact, I think it's definitely still going to have a impact. That's, mm -hmm. that's the way I see it. So yeah. th the way that I'm coming at this is that it's more of a hassle for a game company to focus on uh, specifics for a country. Mm -hmm. It's easier for them to simply create one game that works in the most uh, markets as possible. Yeah. And so if enough countries do this, one that's a large enough, you know, ones that are, that are large enough market share, it's, it's not going to be as worth it to them to include these microtransactions when they're going to have mm -hmm. to make a game that works around that in these other places. Otherwise, they'll just have to not sell it in those places. And, you know, I mean, people will complain and there will be a whole kerfuffle about so, it. So actually um, going over it, uh, I believe the U UK. The UK. Well, we had this, this conversation. Uh, they're already doing uh, uh, investigations on uh, all three major companies. Specifically for uh, which policy was it? Oh God, I don't know. Oh, crap, <laughs> it's right on the on the top of my head too. Was it for a specific game? Um, something to do with you know the clicking the whole "I accept" button. Oh my God! Oh, oh right, uh, uh, automatic. Yeah, that right, was yeah, it. Thank yeah, you. Oh yeah. my God. Um, yeah, and our uh, our thing was on that. Uh, that they're basically reviewing if uh, the companies are uh, are up to date on on those and um, they're not like locking people in. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But I mean, they kind of are. Yeah. I mean, with 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 Microsoft, let's say that you purchase uh, a gold membership, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for, for your Xbox. Uh, it tells you on the screen when you're purchasing it that automatic renewal is on. Go to this website to turn it off. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you have to go to account.live.com yeah. in order to turn off your Xbox uh, Live Gold membership, 
uh, is a little absurd. That's you should just be able to do it yeah. from the console. But it, and they, so legally they have to tell you that the automatic renewal is on. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies that purposefully make it a lot harder to know, yeah. uh, you know, how to turn it off. Like Dungeons and Dragons Online is an MMO that I I played from now I, I play every now and then. Uh, when I buy their membership, uh, which for like a month or three months or something. When I go online, it says can't the only options are uh, basically cancel membership Mm -hmm. and cancel membership does turn off the automatic renewal. But the way that it sounds, it sounds like you're actually just canceling your membership that day. And so that's a little dishonest. And so Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that behavior change. Yeah, it's it's a it's easy to buy in. It's hard to to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I love Microsoft, but they do. Uh, do that. Elder Scrolls. They're better on- than more most companies. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online does a similar thing where it's easy to get SO plus, but you actually have to go to the web Zen Max's website to get off of it. And for somebody like you know me and my wife, who you know constantly jump on, jump off, jump on, jump off, like elsewhere is coming up. We'll probably get elsewhere, like probably in July, maybe, and jump on there and start playing again for the summer. And you know, we'll jump on for a few months. Then we forget. And it's another thing. You totally forget you have that subscription. So yeah. then it automatically renews. It's like, oh, shit, that's right. I got to I got to go. And so, you know, get take mm-hmm. care of that. And you forget again until yeah. the next month. So, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's always could, a go ahead. I was just going to say uh, that's what they're. I don't know if the review, uh, if their investigation is over with or what. Um, mm-hmm. I actually maybe should follow up on that uh, at some point. But uh, no, that was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, so just real quick, um, Korea. They're looking at companies including Nexon, which is a uh, part of Tencent, and Seasoft, Blizzard, Riot Games. Once again, Riot being a part of Tencent, Blizzard being a mm-hmm. part of Activision. Um, then there's a couple others that they don't have listed here. They said there's 10 that they're um, reaching out to and reviewing policies. So we'll see if that has any effect, like immediately if South Korea, which I can imagine like on Bl- for Blizzard mm-hmm. or yeah. Riot, where yeah. League of Legends and Overwatch and um, uh, Diablo and StarCraft are huge games. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the top rankings for any of those esports um they're all south korean nationals <laughs> mm-hmm. especially if you're in the especially if you're into starcraft um well, i mean so more people watch the starcraft championships than watch the super bowl you know it's, it's mm-hmm. that big yeah. yeah yeah uh so we'll see we'll see what happens i'm actually really interested to see how that's going to affect like immediately what the, is are they going to freeze up or are they going to try to like back off and then in a couple of years we're going to see it come back up again you know ea really shit the bed for the entire industry in terms of that and i'm Why sure they not yeah well i'm just i'm just kind of curious is like every what every other um what every other executive <laughs> yeah, like industry events just like shun the ea executive and like they're all, they all like are sitting at, you know, they're all E3 having lunch 
and the EA exec comes up and they're just like, you know what you did. And they all walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what I imagine. Like, it's like a bunch of businessmen and one dude that's very blatantly dressed up as a supervillain. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm a totally normal dude. And it's like, uh-huh, sure thing, Captain EA. I, <laughs> I see you. I, see I think you. we I think we talked about this a, a while ago on, on our podcast, but uh, you remember when uh, the, the oil spill in the Gulf happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, yeah, there was a poll done. Uh, oh, shit. Where people voted on the worst company. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. BP. That was BP. So, yeah, it was the BP oil spill. So during the height of the BP oil spill, when they could do no right, <laughs> EA beat BP as the worst <laughs> company in this poll. And EA was like, really, guys, there's an oil spill going on. It's like, yeah, you're worse. Dude, yeah, wildlife's dying. It's like, yeah, but you're an asshole. Uh, they screwed up once. You keep screwing up. Eleven people died on that oil rig explosion, and millions and millions of dollars in damages and irreparable damage caused the ecosystem. And EA is still worse. That is, <laughs> that is funny. That's oh, man. ironic, oh, but funny. One thing real quick, uh, going yeah. back to what we were talking about, about, uh, about cultures and stuff. When, when I did point out the, uh, uh, the youth thing, uh, you know, Japanese culture is very different from ours, like with, with sex and stuff. A lot of different countries are. Um, our, our age of consent is different. Theirs is different. Um, they, have less, uh, they have less moral qualms about showing people that are younger. Well, look in at Europe. Weirder Europe's positions. like nudity. Yeah. I don't care about nudity. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but that—that's what I well, was saying. It, it, is is this... Their culture is much different, and they view that kind of symbolism very different than we do. Where our country is actually very uptight about that kind of stuff, whereas a lot of the other countries are like, yeah, big deal. So here we're more like sex is the big taboo, but in Europe and in a lot of other places, it's actually violence that is the big taboo. Mm-hmm. So um, America is actually very different than a lot of places, and that very we're very puritanical in our culture. Whereas, you know, in, in like Europe or something, there'd be something uber violent and they would be like, oh, no, but like sex is totally fine. You know, I, a lot of pe- my personal theory on that um, is just that America hasn't fought a war on our own soil in a very long time. So we haven't seen like the effects of violence up close. You know, I, uh, mm-hmm. I live in a town that has a lot of uh, Bosnian refugees, um, which, like I said, I'm 24, so kind of like prime time for, you know, a lot of the kids my age who are from Bosnia are refugees uh, that were, you know, directly results of, um, you know, Sabrinka and, and other tragedies there. And I think that's a big part of it is that we haven't seen violence on our soil uh, on the scale that video games portray it as, uh, as opposed to Europe, oh. who saw over 100 years of war, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, that reminds me, I've got, a, I've got a tweet that stupid Pennsylvanian governor about his idiotic uh, bill to, to put a tax on video games. I want to see what he says. I want to argue with him, because that's what <laughs> I like to do. <laughs> well, well, that'll have to be something we discuss probably uh, soonish, because we're getting to about the time where we end the show here. Is there anything else that you guys absolutely want to talk about? No, I'm good, personally. I mean, I can think of many things, but uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) nothing really comes to mind. You know, um, my mom, uh, uh, what was it? When I was a baby, 
I started talking at like six years old and I haven't mm. shut up since then. And my mom hated it. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, so with that, uh, why don't you guys go on ahead and tell our audience, uh, what you guys do again and where they can find all that. Do you uh, want, Oh, okay. Oh, I guess it's me. Um, <laughs> whoever. <laughs> No, um, we are Gamer Fuel Studios Network. We uh, right now we're just doing our main show, Gamer Fuel Studios Live, uh, until we get into our studio, which hopefully should be at the very latest by the end of July. I'm hoping we'll be in there by E3. Probably not going to happen, but we're in the kind of the the hurry up and wait game. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right now you can find us on uh, Spotify, finally iTunes, uh, Podbean, and we are working on our on our YouTube. That's awesome. that's really that's really Joshua's job. You're not working right now. Make yourself. Yeah, useful. I quit my job last week. Yeah, so. so make yourself useful. <laughs> make me a sandwich. <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll be ten dollars for a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> my wife does it for free. Uh, I'm not your wife. Would you like to be? Would you like uh, to be my wife? <laughs> no, no, thank you. I, I appreciate the offer, but no, thank you. This is a weird conversation. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> how's that? Nor- how's that? How's that unusual from our normal show? So uh, I, I guess where, where you can find me, uh, again, my name is Joshua Frankham. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Frackbox, F-R-A-K-B-O-X. I actually do more YouTube stuff, so I'm pretty new to the podcasting thing. So mm-hmm. my uh, channel name is just Frackbox. Uh, just, I do Let's Plays with my brother and a friend who is a mutual friend of, of Marcus and I. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Twitter is probably the best place to reach out. Uh, YouTube is where I do most of my stuff, so... Cool. You can find uh, my personal stuff, uh, uh, Marcus Axford G on Twitter, or you can look me up on Facebook under Marcus Axford. I'm in the original Xbox hat. Yes, I'm doing the. I was trying to bring up the Google Doc to your outro, but it reason decided to bring it up right now. Um, we'll just we'll do it live. And, yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on Xbox uh, at Everyone's Problem. Uh, that's Everyone's Problem with a uh, zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can probably play if you're if you guys are looking to play Division uh, Two, uh, I'd be happy to play with you guys. Right now, my friends list is looking uh, a little thin. A lot of people are on there. None of them I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, I I want to say I want to say that's it. So you have plenty like, of open friendship slots. Yeah. For people to fill yeah. on your Xbox. I have limited list. friendships <laughs> to give out. Um, <laughs> So if you guys are watching or listening on the podcast feed uh, or on YouTube, you guys can go down below in the episode description and there'll be links for all that stuff there. Um, Ren. Yeah, that's me. What's up? Go on ahead and see what's up on your channel. And, um, oh, yeah. man. So you can find me at, tw- yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash renditions with two Zs because I'm dumb and I can't spell. Just kidding. But um, I've been playing a ton of Siege. I might take a break from it somewhat soon. I'm not sure. Just for a couple days. Um, I recently uploaded some YouTube content. You can find that in my, like, on my stream in the panels below. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at renditions. Uh, that's basically it. That's all I really got to say. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Uh, coming up on my Twitch channel, I've been playing Siege with Ren and a couple other friends. Uh, maybe I'll try to convince them to come over to Insurgency. Um, maybe I'll try Enderall. <laughs> I'm still stuck on that boss. Uh, um, other than that, in terms of the podcast, like I said, you guys can follow us on uh, or follow me on Twitch to watch it live. We also have the VODs up on my channel as well. 
Um, you guys can subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow us and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, and we're also on Wooshka, which is our media host. So you can find us from there as well. Uh, other than that, absolutely anything, guys? Oh, I think we're good. No, uh, we we thank you so much for for having us on. This is actually uh, our first time guesting on on someone else's podcast, so uh, uh, we we hope uh, that we weren't too much of a pain for you guys. <laughs> no, you guys did great. Thanks for being on, dude. Yeah, uh, thanks for so much. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, like stage fright hits. I'm like, oh god, because I did a thing where my brain is like trying to think of things, but I'm silent. I'm like, oh god, no, I'm gonna biff this because <laughs> we've never done live. So it's like, oh god, no. Where are my notes? Oh, Where man. are my notes? Oh, they're not helping. They're gone. Ah! <laughs> yeah, this, this is a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate uh, you inviting us on. Yeah, um, yeah of course. I hope, uh, I hope you invite us on again. Like I said, if you guys uh, want uh, to do some E3 predicts, uh, we'll either have you on our show or you can have us uh, on your show, whichever you want to do. Yeah, for awesome. sure. Well, uh, and of course, guys, check them out. All that stuff will be down below if you are on the VOD and stuff like that. And once again, thank you so much for coming oh, on, guys. One, one more thing I forgot. I cannot believe I forgot to plug this. Mm. Put down that McDonald's people and go to our Patreon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you guys have a Patreon? No, no, we no, do we, not. Oh, you don't. Okay. Um, they they already we had this one. Uh, oh, okay. tinfoil hats, everybody. Tinfoil hats. <laughs> um, no, you can go to our uh, uh at uh, Patreon.com/slash Gamerfield Studios. Uh, we have a one dollar bronze tier right now, and I'm only mentioning this because that gets you our pre and post show, and that's kind of our wind up and wind down moment. So we talk mm. a lot more uh personal stuff. Uh, what whatever else has been going on with us. Uh during the week or whatever like i can't remember oh yeah that's right we talked about your hate for france oh yeah i <laughs> no i don't i don't hate france i just hate their culture and their language so. oh my god the, the land <laughs> okay. i love the people i can do with that so no it's uh in, in all seriousness uh it's it's some pretty good content so uh that's it i'm, I'm pretty sure that's it i'm done talking please before <laughs> right. i go on another rant also, also that was a joke Oh, yeah, totally, totally. No, no. <laughs> a joke. All right. So until next week, guys, we will talk to you later. All right. Bye, bye everybody. Bye.